everybody. Welcome to the Sally Allen Podcast. This podcast is a platform for people to come and share their stories of resilience. I believe that sharing our stories not only help us heal, empowers us, but it also helps other people. And I have my dear friend today, Michelle Hausback, and she has a powerful story to share with us. But before we go to her story, our uh, podcast question today from Michelle is, how does a six-mile walk turn into I do? A story of silver lining through the gray of grief. Yeah, Michelle, tell us. Let me talk about Michelle for a minute. I'm going to put you on spot for a minute. Okay. I've met Michelle a couple of years ago. And every time she walks in the room, she just makes me feel comfortable. And I don't know how to explain it. It's like you have your spirit animal. I think you might be my spirit animal. <laughs> Michelle puts my mind at ease. She's, she's been there for me. She has a big heart. She has a giving heart. She just gives back. Uh, some of the things like I'll say, Michelle, can you do this? And I'm expecting a bill from her. And something. she's like, nah, I got this. And, um, and it, it's not that I expect. It's just un, un, unexpected because... She, I have met a lot of people, but you have one of the biggest heart I've seen. And I'm so honored for you to be on the podcast. And I'm so honored to call you my friend. Thank you, Sally. What an introduction. I'm yeah. blushing. You probably can't <laughs> see it because we're on a podcast. <laughs> They'll see it on YouTube. Don't worry. Oh, but I am blushing. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I feel very much the same about you. You, ha you have a calming spirit as well. And it's just really easy to talk to you. So no, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So what are you sharing with us today, Michelle? You have so many different, you know, compartments of stories. What are you sharing with us today? Well, I wanted to share. I don't want to give it away, okay. <laughs> but it okay. is it's kind of the last eight, well, seven, eight years of my life. Uh, when I when I get up to speak, I do tell stories a lot about, you know, uh, some addictions I've had, some tragedies that have occurred in my life, and it it helped shape me. However, I always forget to say <laughs> where I'm at now. Yeah. And what those stories of tragedy have done for me and what has come out of them. So I yeah. figured I would tell the story of about the last seven years of my life and how it came to be. Yeah. Um, but also how, you know, the tragedy, which grief is involved in that. As I like to say, I hope I can say this on your podcast, grief yeah. is a mind fuck. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I you don't think it really ever leaves anybody. It yeah. changes, it morphs, but it's always still there and rears its head. Yeah. At expected times and then also at unexpected times. So yeah. that's weaved through even the really good parts of yeah. my life. Good. And well I'm really excited to hear about that. But I, I, I think to what to clarify like what you're saying when you say grief is a mind. The F word. Um, I, I think you're saying that it's it's always it's always always there. And how do you deal with it? But if you don't deal with it, then that's when it start effing with your mind. Yeah, it's. I call it that because it, you never know when it's gonna uh, come up. At yeah. times, I mean, years and years and years later, 
I could be driving, you know, not listening to music. There's no smell. There's nothing to trigger a memory or an emotion. And I mean, out of the blue, I just start crying mm. and feel that, you know, that sorrow. And it it's shorter now as the years go on, or there is anxiety about certain dates that come up. And it's not anxiety necessarily that the date's coming up. It's anxiety over how I'm going to feel mm. when the date comes. Um, it's your subconscious playing tricks on you. You know, you think or do certain things without you even knowing you're doing it mm -hmm. until your mind realizes it. Yeah. You tend to feel crazy at times. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So, so tell us, how long have you been going through this grief? So I'll start in the end that became a beginning. I like that. Yes. So about almost eight years ago, uh, July 2nd of 2014, um, I had a fiance and he passed away suddenly. Um, he drowned at Lake Mead. I was not there. Um, and typically when I tell my story, I talk a lot about the what happened, right? A little bit before, the during, and a little bit of the after. So as you can imagine, uh, that changed my life yeah. quite a bit. Um, and the grief part of it has definitely stayed with me. However, it's it's morphed and changed. And I did I did go get help. Yeah. You know, I joined a grief group, uh, which I really couldn't stay in because uh, hearing other tragedies just made me yeah feel worse. Uh, but I did get a therapist, and it it took years really to get to the point where I had enough tools to manage it. Right. Um, and to know what to do. So. But through all of this, this, the story I wanted to share today was, you know, what you said there, it's the silver lining. Yeah. There's definitely a silver lining in my gray of grief. And it was very unexpected. Um, it's interesting. So after my fiance passed away, I never really got mad at God. I was mad at my fiance for a time and I was angry with other things. And, you know, that's typically one of the emotions that grief that you have when you're going through grief. But I never really got mad at God. Right. When my silver lining was placed in my life, I got mad at him. Hmm. So to start the story, uh, my fiance passed away July 2nd, 2014. And him and I had a very good friend and he had started, his friend had started dating someone. Yeah. And about a month after fiance had passed away, um, we, they told me I had to get out of the house, the friend. So I went and met them at a baseball game at Cashman field and his girlfriend's brother was there. His name is Doug. Yeah. And you know, we all just hung out and went to a bar after the baseball game, and I became a wreck, you know, <laughs> as you can imagine. 
Uh, drinking is actually one of the things I had to work on because I was using it heavily to cope right. with my grief. Yeah. Um, but after we were done, Doug actually offered to come back to my house with me just to make sure I was okay. Not to do anything no manly. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was a perfect gentleman. Yeah. He slept in the guest room. Um, <laughs> and the six-mile walk. <laughs> so we went to bed, and I woke up in the morning, and he wasn't there. And I thought, well, that's strange. Maybe his sister had picked him up. Maybe, you know, somebody did come and get him. And I didn't find out until, I don't know, a couple days later, talking to his sister, that he had walked from my house all the way to his sister's house where he was staying, which was six miles, hungover in July in flip-flops. And he got lost because he's not from Vegas. He is actually from Buffalo, New York. So... I, th I thought to myself, wow. I just want to get away from you. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who's crazier, me or him, because I just let a complete stranger, A, stay at my house, um, or he stayed there and walked home <laughs> six miles. Yeah. So at any rate, um, my friend's girlfriend mm -hmm. ended up becoming my roommate. So I, you know... About three months or so after my fiance had passed away, I, you know, I wanted to have some company and it was, you know, in this tight knit circle of people that we knew. So she became my roommate and her brother, Doug, the six mile walker, <laughs> typically came out and spends Thanksgiving with them. And I said, we have an extra room just right. He can stay here. Yeah. So he did. He was here for about two weeks and, you know, I work from home. So he kind of just palled along with me, you know, went on errands I had to run or we'd go out to lunch and we really hit it off. We connected on sports. He has got a killer sense of humor. I am a sucker for a sense of humor. Yeah. And it was weird. It was great, but weird. You know, it had really only been six months and I felt guilty as hell. Mm. I constantly wondered what people would say Yeah, people. if I was interested in somebody, mm -hmm. which they did say, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, he lives in Buffalo, New York. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. And that is literally across the country. Yeah. So he flew back after the two weeks uh, over Thanksgiving. And, you know, we started emailing and then it turned into texting and then it turned into phone calls. He came out to visit for New Year's, and then it turned into FaceTime. Then I flew out there in February. So we essentially started dating cross-country. And I got mad at God because here I was a complete train wreck. I mean, you talk about train wreck, and that, that was me. Um, yes, I was going to see a therapist. However, I was binge drinking to to deal with my grief. I was a mess. Yeah. But then I thought, here you go. You insert this man into my life at the worst time possible. He is never, I mean, I'm a mess. Yeah. I don't know what the hell he sees in me and why he's still <laughs> sticking around. And he lives across the country. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Right, right. So I talked to my therapist a lot about it and... 
you know, guilt was one big thing I had to overcome, mm-hmm. right? Getting into a relationship and even so soon, so soon after. But the resounding voice in my head from her and even what I thought my fiance would say, because I would want the same for him, is you're still alive. Mm-hmm. You're still alive. You still, you know, want a family and a partner and all the things you wanted, yeah. right? Before this happened to you, mm-hmm. it's going to look different, obviously, than you thought. Right. But here's this man that, you know, you check off the boxes and he, he had a lot of the boxes. Mm-hmm. So I look back, though, and, you know, you talk about God's timing. Mm-hmm. If Doug had lived here during this time and not across the country. Yeah. I really firmly believe it would not have worked Mm. because of the mess that I was in. I had to learn to deal with things on my own accord. Right. I had to take the steps. It had to be me for me, not for somebody else. Right. Right. Not to please somebody else, not to make somebody else happy. I had to do it for me. Yeah. So the fact that we did live apart, I think, is why it worked so well. So we ended up moving out here in May uh, in 2015. We talked about living apart, and I said, that's silly. If it's going to work, it's going to work. If it's not, it's not. Yeah. Like, let's just go for it. So we moved in, and we got married in 2018, and the rest is history. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> I have so many questions going through my head and I'm quickly writing them down because yep. I don't want to forget. But um, what a great story. I love the six miles. Like, did he, so for fun's sake, did he ever mention why he walked out and went and walked six miles? Yes. I was like, why didn't you call your sister? You have two yeah. sisters that live here. You were staying with one. Yeah. And the other one is our, um, my good friend's girlfriend. Like, right. you had options. Yeah. I didn't want to bug anybody. <laughs> I, I just, I felt weird. I didn't want to wake you up. And right then I was like, okay, so you're a true gentleman, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, check, check. Check, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. But it's hilarious to hear him talk about it. I'm going to have to hear his perspective on it. <laughs> but then my other question is, you were mad at God because he sent you a silver lining. Mm-hmm. What were some of the reasons why you were mad? My train of thought during this time, mm-hmm. um, and grief does crazy things with your thoughts and your mind, right? My thought was you, took, you just took someone away from me, right. right? And here you are giving me what looks to be potential of a great relationship, but you're giving it to me in a time that I'm a disaster, and there is no way in hell anybody would want me right now because of what just happened. I really didn't, I did not think it was going to work out. Right. I thought at some point he's going to be like, you are ridiculous. Right. Because of the binge drinking, because I would, you know, pull away, because one minute I'd be, you know, lovey, and the next I'd be like, oh my God, I feel so guilty. I mean, talk about a roller coaster. And I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it was mad because... I, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. But then we started talking about him moving out here. Yeah. <laughs> he gave us two weeks, did not have a job yet, which if you know Doug is 
this man does not like to take risks. Right, right. Wow. And I said, Another just plan check. it. Yeah. God will provide, and he did. Wow. Within that two weeks' time, he did get a job. Yeah. And he moved out here. And, I mean, it was rough the first, you know, couple years dealing with me. Right. Um, I actually do think Doug is, well, Doug really did save my life, the silver lining and himself, because I stopped drinking in March of 2016. So I'd been sober for six years. Yay. Congratulations, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It just, and he couldn't live like that. Yeah. And, you know, not that I believe in ultimatums per se, but sometimes they're, they could be necessary. Yeah. And he gave me one and I am grateful that he did. And I'm grateful that I got it finally. Yeah. Yeah. So I really do think he saved my life. There's a whole bunch of other fun, fun stories, stories I could <laughs> tell you about. <laughs> yeah, but now that you look back, you were mad at God, but you look back and you saw the reason why mm -hmm. Doug came into your life. Oh, yeah. I see many reasons why. Many, many reasons why. Um, I still ask him to this day, like, why? What did you see? Why did, why did you continue the relationship? And he just said that he saw a, a resilient person. Someone who is extremely tough and has a, a big heart, um, which I just got goosebumps. I did too. I was just, that's why I did too. I got goosebumps too. It's like, ah, oh, that's in the core of my heart because the things that's running through my head is that he saw under all the junk that there was a diamond there. Yeah. Everything he saw that there was something more to you. And he, I don't have words like the first thing right through my mind. Like when somebody sees that and take that time, it really speaks of his character mm -hmm. and who he is. Shout out to you, Doug. Go, Doug. Go, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's kind of like I call him my silver lining, but he saw the diamond in the rough or like, you know, the sparkle beneath all the gray in the clouds that I felt like Linus kind of, right? Linus walks around with this cloud of dust yeah. around him. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how I felt. I'm like, I just got my shit just hanging out hanging with out. me, <laughs> going everywhere I go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And Doug could just have this laser vision to see beneath it to say, I'm going to stick with you, Michelle, because I see potential. Yep. And I see who you are. How wonderful is that? I'm very blessed. Yeah. 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 And when I, I, I don't really remember the exact moment or date or anything when I was like, oh, God, aha, I get what you were doing. Like yeah. God's timing, right? Or everything looks clear hindsight. Yeah. Um, I know that I thought really hard about it the night before we got married. But I know I had forgiven God before then, but it just all left me the night before we got married. Wow. So. You felt that weight off your shoulder. Uh, of being upset with him for putting Doug. Because I, I was confirmed, like, I know he wasn't going to leave. And I was still a mess, yeah. you know, in some yeah. regard. But he had helped me, God and Doug, and just my support system to continually get through things. Wow. So when you and I were talking about sharing your story, one of the things we talked about is um, even though we we know like our husbands are there for us, our friends are there for us. Sometimes we does have this thing where 
were afraid still that one day yes. they're not going to be there. Tell me a little bit about that. So this is the grief that stays with you. Yeah. Um, when Doug first moved in, right, he would go to his job in the morning and I would always walk him out to his car, say goodbye, give him a kiss. Well, I did the same thing the morning that my fiance left to go to the lake. Mm. So I consciously thought probably, I'm going to say for a good two or three years, Doug might not come home tonight. What if Doug dies? Mm. There was a constant running fear in me if I wasn't like with him. Right. Or I didn't know that he was like at work. I didn't know exactly where he was. And I, I never really communicated that to him because I was not going to be like crazy controlling lady. Yeah. Um, but it was always, I just dealt with it silently. Yeah. Um, there was always a worry. And, you know, through, I still was going to a therapist. I helped to alleviate that from my conscious mind. But still to this day, it actually happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, Doug was going to get a haircut. Then he was going to, I don't know, stop by the store, right? So I plot out how long that should take. Yeah. Right. Okay. He's going to be gone for about two hours. When that timer goes off, those feelings of anxiety and the thoughts of, oh my God, is he okay? Did something happen? Right. Start to come into my conscious mind. This timer I created completely subconscious because I don't realize it until the timer goes off. Mm. Mm. So a couple of weeks ago, so it's, it's getting better. It's not as frequent as it used to be. No. So the subconscious is still there. Right. So if, whenever he goes somewhere and I don't hear from him, in this allotted time I give him, it, it just comes to the surface. It's happened with, you know, my parents even. If I call both cell phones and the house phone and I don't know where they are, my immediately. Like, not, I mean, yeah, my mom yeah. could be taking a nap, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. she's not dead somewhere. Yeah. But it, that is always where my mind goes to. If somebody's late, if we're supposed to have lunch and you're 20 minutes late and I can't get a hold of you... I'm going to think something happened. Right. Immediately. It's your default. It is my default. It's your default, I think. Right. Wow. Have you thought about switching it to just thinking someone's stuck in traffic? Have you tried? I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have tools. So what I so do yeah, is put this. it in God's hands. That's right. Mm -hmm. Just say, you know, God, I say the prayer, take care of them, whatever mm -hmm. is going on, or alert me if something really is wrong. Yeah. Like, kind of tell me what to do, like to relax, stop it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you got it. Or is something really wrong? Because there's been two times where there was something really wrong, at least in the Doug arena. So. And that messes with you even more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some other tools you're using? Like you put it in God's hands, but what if somebody doesn't pray or they don't just, you know, they don't know God. Like what are some tools, another thing you can share? Like what, what can they do? Um. So expressing grief, I think, is very important. Yeah. You have to get the thoughts out of your head. Yeah. So, and I did do this, like, did and do. <laughs> yeah. Either through writing, um, finding people that you can talk to, aside from a therapist, um, I am a huge advocate of therapy, that, that you can share with. Because if it all sits in festers, it, there is a breaking point always. Yeah. 
there always will be a breaking point or it will start to come out in different ways. And it's different for everybody. Yeah. How, yeah. The, how emotions that are not dealt with start to leak out and create havoc. Mm -hmm. um, so communicating them is a big one, whatever yeah. means you need by that. Allowing yourself to feel whatever you're feeling. So I actually put a, like a timer on sometimes. You know, like I'm a pretty positive person, right? But sometimes I'm like, I just need to have a pity party. And yes. it's not always about grief. It's just whatever. Like I just want to feel sorry for myself for yes. a little bit. Like I just want to cry in my milk. Yeah. But I, I will actually time myself like, all right, you can have an hour to have your pity party or whatever it is. Sometimes it's a day. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. I allow myself to do it. It's out. And then I feel better. And then I'm like, okay, that was silly. Let's move on. But it's out. I love that. I love that. I do that too. I do struggle like years ago, the same thing you struggled with. When my husband leaves, I'm afraid he won't come back because I've had so much of that issues in my life, right? Mm -hmm. People are supposed to be there for you. So I totally understand that it's getting better, but sometimes I still think the worst. He's not going to come back. Like, what is he? Why would he come back? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you have to get over that. But I also like those feelings. Um, sitting in your feelings is important. I've learned this over the years. A lot of times, like growing up, I suppressed so much feelings because I don't want to sit in them. Right. And now it's okay to be angry. It's okay to feel grief. It's okay to feel mad and, and sit in it, sit in it, process it, mm -hmm. marinate in it. My thing, I say, look, I'm going to set up camp here. I want to set up camp for a minute. I want to throw a tantrum. I want to lay down and kick my legs up in the air. I want to do whatever. <laughs> Just let me be. Yep. I might last a week. I don't care, but I need to be able to be in it, to feel it, to experience it. And then I can process it out. Right. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the biggest reasons that I share my stories. Yeah. <laughs> is A, number one. I want people to know they're not crazy, yes. especially in the realm of grief, because mm -hmm. there is some, I mean, really, or any tragedy, right? Because there's all different forms of grief, I feel. It's not just because somebody passed away. Right. Um, some of the crap that goes through your head. Yeah. I mean, I really thought I was certifiably crazy. And I started Googling, right, my situation and found, like, Keanu Reeves is one of them. He's got a somewhat similar story it has to do with you know his child and his girlfriend passing away um and man what he was saying i was like yes yes yeah okay yeah. cool i am not crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it is to let it out i mean you know my dog passed away last thursday or last thursday last november and it was my fiance fiance that passed away and I's first dog. Right. So there was a lot of emotions tied into that. Mm. And I really tried to not let myself feel because I, kn I know what sorrow feels like. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. But I did. I, like went yeah. outside and just let it come out. Yeah. I felt better afterwards. Yeah. I, I agree. You know, I've shared a story with you for the sake of our audience, though I'll share it. When I didn't get the proper help that I needed when I went through all that trauma six months ago surrounding my book. Yes. And what I got was not processing through, but someone trying to push me through it without processing. 
Ah, uh, yes. Right? They're pushing you through. What would God do? What would Jesus do? You need to forgive people. You need to do this. You need to do that. And at some point, I'm like, F it all. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm just going to sit in it. And that's one of the reasons why I sit in longer than I should have, because I just didn't know what was happening with me. And, and the person who helped me didn't know how to help me. Right. And so it's important to get the right help when you're going through this and have some people who knows what they're talking about walk you through it properly, too, because we don't even know what to do. So it's okay to go for help. Oh, yeah. Because you and I were just talking about this before the show. You know, sometimes you f- don't feel right, that yeah. you don't understand what it is or why. Right. Um, and sometimes it's as easy, you know, you, you build tools in your toolbox. So sometimes you can identify it and help yourself identify right. it. Uh, but it's also getting the proper help. They can ask the right questions, too. Sometimes it, it is a friend. Sometimes it's a professional. Right. Um whoever it is, but it, you got to figure it out. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were talking, I think Travis and I were just talking about, um, and David, we started discussing sometimes we're embarrassed to do it. Like the word PTSD or the word you, you were, you know, you have a mental illness or you have something going on. People are embarrassed to go out there, but it's real. Like it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's okay if you're depressed or you're stressed and to get help. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, you're all not crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and there are other people that's going through the same thing that we are going through. So when you talk mm-hmm. to people, you kind of, you, you know, the, when you hear that, you say, wow, Michelle, I've never heard anybody else said they had the fear of like when there's their husband go away or their wife go away that they won't come back. I never heard. I struggled with that. I thought I was the only one who felt that. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) You can text me if you're having a crazy moment. I know. And I'll text you if I... It's crazy. It is crazy. But we're crazy together. We're crazy together. (laughs) But if I'm having a crazy moment, I'm going to text you next time because because it was great when you told me that. I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's good to... to, And this is why we, we do this on this podcast so people can hear and say like, hey, I'm not crazy. I'm not alone. It's normal. It's normal mm-hmm. what I'm feeling. It's okay to go through it. And that was one of the hardest things for me to realize, like, with grief, is everything I was feeling was normal. Like, I kept, you know, I'd check in with my therapist and be like, okay, here's my thought or here's what I said the other day. Yeah. And she's like, it's normal. Like, she just kept telling me it's normal. It's not, you know. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So it finally sunk in. And... I don't know if this sounds weird or not, but for me to have had this experience and to be able to help others, I am grateful for in a way because I know a lot of people that have are and have going through grief. And like I said, not just because of a death. Um, and they feel that way. Yeah. They like don't want to talk about it. They don't want to say certain things. I say, tell me, trust me, there is zero judgment <laughs> here. And I can guarantee you it's normal. I was just in the background here. My phone said that. (laughs) We got a little sidetrack, but that's okay. Travis's phone just said, don't touch me or something like that. It's when I drop it too hard on the ground, it says, don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, 
That was good. Back That's to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> that is not normal. That is not normal. <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. That's part of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and if you're not going through something, but you're feeling like that, then that's not normal, right? right. It's, it's, it's not normal to still go out and see camp. I don't know, even know what I'm saying. I'm trying to get back on track. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was hilarious. Well, I think any emotion that you have, yeah. right, for whatever the reason is, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have to deal with it, right? Right, exactly. And hopefully in a healthy way. That's right. You know, even like I know sometimes like I did this whole, this year I've been feeling some things and I have been trying to put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, is it this, is it this, is it this? Yeah. And there's some things I think it might be, but I am still not a hundred percent sure yet. Yeah. But at least I'm trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. Why it's there. So then I can work through it. I love that because it speaks to going through life intentionally mm-hmm. and not just physically going through intentionally with our learning and, and with our health, but mental health also. It's like you feel something in your gut. It's not right. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, like, let me process this through and see what's going on. And being intentional is the only way we continue to be healthy. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to be. That's, yeah. that's a big lesson I've learned. Yeah. It's a good one. So what's your takeaway today for our audience? Two. Okay. It went really easy. You're not crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're not crazy. And you're not alone. Mm. And those two coincide, so I guess it's three. If you feel that way, you feel crazy, remember you're not alone. And share. Get it out of your head. Please go talk to somebody. I can guarantee you, like you just said, you're not the only one. We tend to think we're alone, especially when it's something horrific. Like, I am the only person on earth that has ever gone through this or feels this way. But you're not. Yeah. And that, it's such a relief. I mean, just, you know, with what you were talking about, you never heard somebody say when their husband or their their person leaves that you think they're not coming back. Yeah. Well, there's two of us sitting in the room room that (laughs) that feel that same way. (laughs) Yeah, I I like that. You know, and in France, it's never too late to start living resiliently. And I was going to say the same thing that Michelle said. Like, if you're going through something, whether it's grief or whether it's anger, whatever it is, just find a group, find the help that you need, because you'll realize, like, I'm not crazy and I'm not alone. So, Michelle, I want to thank you today again for coming on the podcast. It's like, I thought the last one was one of the best. Sorry, David. This is like <laughs> one of the best. <laughs> I won up to you. No. You won up to you. <laughs> and I um, want to thank our listeners for tuning in, thanking Sticky Paw Studio. And if you like our show, rate, review, and share with your friends. Oh.